Get ready to meet the trailblazers driving the human change behind our clean energy future. This week, our trailblazer is Francesco Venturini, CEO of one of the world's most innovative energy solutions companies, NLX. Told to go out and break things, Francesco insists that the company's incredible success has never been about innovation for innovation's sake, rather a critically disciplined focus on value generation. Serving half a billion people with electricity every day puts this leader in a very powerful position to help accelerate the energy transition. We're here to fuel a new energy conversation, and it starts with you. Francesco Venturini, we are so excited to have you as a part of the Trailblazers series. Thank you so much for joining this conversation. Uh, Before we get underway and talk about your business, talk about your views on the state of energy, I want to understand a little bit about what drives you and where your passion around energy came from. Where did that start for you? Is there a moment that you can take us back to? To be honest, I mean, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think that there is any specific moment. Uh, um, It was uh, fate. When uh, my first job uh, was in the United States uh, and I worked for a company that um, substantially built process automation uh, uh, things uh, for the energy industry. I uh, was an accountant at the time uh, and that's an old story in the United States and then in Brazil with that company. And uh, I got the first uh, shot at the uh, world of energy, meaning that uh, again, uh, most of our customers were in the energy world. And then I got a phone call from uh, a big company in in Italy, uh, Enel was looking for uh, people with an international experience, um, possibly with an Italian passport. And at the time I was in Brazil, I got back uh, and uh, here we go. I mean, after 20 years, I'm still here in NL. And uh, I think that at this point, I can say that all my career was uh, energy related somehow. So it's incredible to me that an accountant finds himself running kind of the disruptive unit inside Enel. And I love this idea that when you took over as CEO in 2017, you were told to go out and break things to help reinvent the company. Um, Can I ask you what needed to be broken and how did you go about starting that journey? Well, um, yeah, I, I'm surprised too. I mean, an accountant uh, um, having this kind of experience uh, is uh, is difficult to find uh, elsewhere. But in, in reality, um, my job has always been uh, find new ways of doing things uh, in uh, in anything that I've done uh, in my 25 years of, uh, of of career. The whole concept of breaking things uh, is mostly related uh, to the fact that, as you know, it's extremely difficult uh, to do innovation uh, in big, big companies. Uh, Actually, big companies uh, are there not to do innovation because uh, disruptive innovation uh, is seen as something that destroys value. Um, my uh, my objective here was uh, try to understand what was coming uh, in the energy world, and how uh, NL could uh, um, do something about it. So instead of uh, just uh, you know, monitoring what the situation was around the world, uh, was trying to figure out if we could uh, move a step forward, um, be the first movers in, under you know certain circumstances. And, uh, and try to uh, anticipate things. The, the story is actually a, a, a strange story because I, I was uh, um, the uh, CEO of NL Green Power at the time. And NL Green Power was, uh, still is, 
the biggest uh, company out there, the biggest player uh, in the uh, uh, renewable energy field, building, uh, you know, gigawatts and gigawatts of capacity every year. And we were looking at uh, different ways to uh, innovate the way we're doing in, in the world of uh, renewable generation to try to be more and more competitive. And uh, I was enjoying my life. I mean, I was the CEO of a big company. We were, uh, you know, a public company in the stock market. Uh, uh, so it was, uh, and, and we, we were very keen and we, we knew very well uh, how to do things. And so the, 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 the whole machine was extremely well oiled. Uh, and one day I got a phone call from uh, uh, the head of HR saying, hey, um, we're thinking about, you know, uh, trying to create something new within the company in such a way that uh, we can uh, innovate uh, a little bit more. Uh, would you be interested uh, in, in doing that? And I said, oh, fantastic. Yes. I mean, Energy Power is keen to serve the rest of the group uh, in doing this. And the answer was, no, actually, I mean, the idea is a little bit different. Uh, you would have to leave energy green power and uh, just dedicate yourself uh, um, in uh, building, uh, the future of, uh, building the future of NL. I was like, well, I mean, here I have, uh, you know, a budget of a few billion euros a year. Um, the business is very well oiled. I mean, the machine is fantastic. Uh, everybody knows me. Why would I go and do something from scratch? Um, so the first answer was no. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate it about you thinking about me, but I think that I really like what I'm doing. Um, the second phone call was from my CEO who said, um, you know, you got a phone call from the HR uh, vice president and um, they were inviting you in thinking about something new. Well, this is not an invitation anymore. I think that uh, <laughs> um, that's going to be your job. So start uh, packing up your things uh, and um, uh, figure out where your next office is going to be. Because honestly speaking, I think that if you guys need to do something new, it shouldn't be within the same building. And uh, that was the story. I mean, <laughs> I was, um, it wasn't exactly my choice. Um, but uh, today, 40 years later, I'm really happy of what, what happened because I think that we have done an incredible, an incredible uh, job. Uh, the journey was, uh, was fantastic. And Alex is today seen as uh, one of the very few uh, real innovative companies uh, in the uh, utility uh, world. We, we are not just building innovation uh, because I don't think that innovation can be built. Uh, we are uh, building value for uh, our uh, stakeholders. Uh, so again, our shareholders, our customers, and that's uh, the way I see innovation uh, implemented uh, within NLX. I would love to come back and touch on innovation again in a moment, but for those who aren't familiar with NL and NLX, can you give us a sense of what your company does? But can you also talk to us? One of the things I loved about what you said then was this idea of you you came into a role where you had to have a very strong view of the future and then you've got to build it. You've got to create it. So can you share not just what NL does, but also what your view of what the energy future needs to look like is? That's another very uh, interesting, strange story at the same time. So they, at, at the very beginning, we had no idea what uh, NLX was supposed to be about. Uh, and that was the, the uh, fun part and the scary part at the same time. Uh, uh, we knew uh, that uh, we knew because we were the first ones uh, talking about uh, um, transition. We knew that the transition was happening. 
Uh, everybody's talking about energy transition and we, we used to go out uh, to events and say, you know, the transition, the transition, the transition. But I mean, to, to translate the, 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 the concept of transition into facts is extremely difficult. So it's not just a matter of, you know, switching technology and generating uh, energy from coal uh, to renewables. Uh, it's trying to figure out uh, in a world that uh, uh, is much faster and much um, broad uh, in, in many ways, uh, how the utilities uh, were going to deliver uh, their services, their products to their customers in the, in the, in the, in the future. So uh, what we have done first was um, saying, okay, this is the core business. This is the traditional business. So we put it on a side and everything that is, uh, NL is a humongous group, uh, everything that is not strictly related to the uh, traditional business, we take it uh, and we put it in a bucket uh, and you guys need to figure out uh, how, uh, what to do with it. Uh, hopefully there is going to be some value in it. Uh, if there is no value, I mean, just throw it away and uh, figure out what's going to come next. So we took uh, uh, all the different pilot projects. I mean, again, uh, Enel is, is a Big, big group. Uh, Enel is either number one or number two as uh, a utility in terms of volume in 10 different countries around the world. Uh, we are talking about uh, a, a private utility that just to give you a number uh, serves uh, something like 75 million customers uh, every day. And when I'm talking about customers, I'm really talking about uh, uh, meters. So we manage 75 million meters uh, around the world every day. Uh, which again translates in uh, supplying energy to almost half a billion people every day. So Enel is a very big company. As a utility, it's also a very rich company. And as you can imagine, everyone, all the different countries, vice presidents, different units, we're trying to do some sort of innovation, uh, doing things different. I mean, innovation means is a very broad term too. So uh, they were doing different things. And uh, one day uh, we told them, look, I mean, everything that you're not doing that is strictly related to what you're supposed to be doing from now on is not your responsibility anymore. So tell us what you're doing, which is not, uh, um, which is not uh, uh, your core business. And please put it on a side, commercial contracts, uh, um, processes, people. And from now on, they're going to be part of a different group. So this is how NLX was born. Um, at the very beginning, uh, the first thing that we had to do is, was to figure out what uh, we inherited was. And we got something like 1,500 different people, 300 uh, uh, different commercial propositions, uh, many different products, business models, and so on. And uh, we need to figure out what uh, was relevant uh, or what we thought was relevant uh, to uh, to us, to NL, what we really wanted to count on and develop. And instead, what we thought that was um, something that was uh, not relevant and we didn't want to develop. So um, the, the first six, 12 months was mostly uh, try to figure out what we needed to shut down. Um, that was the first, uh, the first thing. So taking things in a box uh, and trying to figure out what NLIRI was doing. I mean, I give you an example of uh, how big NL was. We discovered, because we literally, as a management team uh, uh, sitting in Rome, had essentially no idea uh, that this existed. Um, uh, Enel in Colombia was able to develop 10 years earlier a credit card uh, 
uh, its own credit card, which uh, during time had become the most popular credit card in Colombia. So we're talking about uh, over a million customers. During the past 10 years, uh, we first uh, developed the credit card, made a lot of money with the credit card, then sold the concept to a bank and then bought back the concept from the bank. We were very strong in financial services and we honestly uh, didn't know at the time. All the analysis was around what was uh, in an L and what we could do with it. Uh, and the other thing uh, that uh, we did, uh, better, the, the other rule of the game was there is some stuff that uh, is, is, is just pilot projects, something that is very beginning. There is some stuff that instead is very mature business, but we don't think it's core to what we uh, we do, which is generating, distributing, and selling energy. I mean, we're not going to provide you with a venture capital fund. We're not going to provide you with special budgets. Uh, we're not going to provide you with the R&D funds. Uh, but we're going to provide, uh, um, you are going to inherit uh, some businesses that uh, are not very efficient, uh, but uh, are cash generating businesses. So it's going to be up to you to make them more efficient, uh, try to change the rules of the game uh, in, in those businesses too, and then use those funds uh, to figure out how to fund the rest. And uh, this is how uh, everything started. So uh, as, as you can imagine, uh, in the first 12, 18 months uh, was chaos, uh, totally. At the same time, we made a couple of acquisitions uh, of new stuff that were started uh, um, even before creating NLX. Uh, adding uh, over a thousand people and different other businesses to the big mess that we already had. Uh, we changed office uh, because, again, NLX uh, uh, was supposed to uh, be a standalone uh, business. And um, we started the whole adventure. What is NLX today? Uh, NLX today is a, a company that um, does many different things, uh, obviously, from the uh, 300 and over business models that we inherited. We, we went on a diet uh, and we uh, shrunk it to uh, about 10 uh, different things that we do and we really focus on. The, the, the whole idea is uh, in, in trying to figure out things that can generate new value for the customer and not creating new things. Things uh, meaning objects, products, services. How do we create new value starting from the fact that we serve almost half a billion people with uh, uh, electricity every, every day? The company is structured in uh, six different uh, uh, business lines. Uh, um, three are very segment-oriented, so B2C, B2B, and B2G. Uh, we um, focus these uh, three segments uh, on a core thing that we really believe uh, we're very good at, um, mostly mature businesses that we, um, we made more efficient, uh, that are uh, generating a lot of cash and are essentially um, funding uh, um, the new ventures. So the three main businesses we're in is home assistance, um, that's the B2C world. Uh, we uh, sell uh, and install a lot of appliances uh, into our customers' homes. The, for the B2B is uh, flexibility. Uh, I'm a big believer in the fact that uh, if we're moving, uh, uh, as we're moving fast uh, towards a world of renewables, uh, we need uh, to have a, a very flexible system. So we need to create uh, something that allows the system to afford to have more and more renewables uh, in the future. 
And then uh, in the B2G world, uh, um, we are the biggest player in uh, uh, public lighting around the world. We manage about uh, 2 million uh, uh, lighting points uh, around the world. So these are, these are the three main segments, uh, mature businesses around these three mature businesses. Then we created an ecosystem of different energies, uh, um, um, products and services. And then we have three verticals uh, where uh, uh, we need an extra focus. So one is uh, immobility, another one is financial services, because again, we discovered that we're very good, uh, um, very good at it. We are uh, currently developing uh, a, another uh, business. Uh, it's very strange, but uh, it, it starts from the fact that uh, we have so many, so many customers and we develop so much software, uh, which is digital health. Uh, we right now are providing uh, the first uh, um, digital health services uh, through our digital platforms. And uh, this, is, this is NLX. So as, as you can tell, it's, it's something between uh, what I define it, a, a Japanese conglomerate and uh, a venture capital firm. We, uh, we tend to uh, squeeze as much as we can out of the mature businesses and try to push uh, as much as we can uh, onto uh, the uh, new businesses because we really believe that they're going to be the future. That is fascinating. It's one of the most extraordinary transformation projects I think I've ever heard about. I love the piece around getting the audit of what you are truly involved in and the fact you found out you were the biggest you know, credit card provider in Colombia. I think that point around ruthless prioritization is so powerful, You know, the 300 to, to 10 to 3 even. Um, I'm interested in that too, because when we talk about transformation, you know, um, and you've said, you know, NLX is sort of the Google of energy, whereas this whole new business model and this new way of thinking that we need to be approaching the world of energy in terms of the, the models that can support what we need to see, the change that we want to see in the energy sector. I'm interested, how do you as a leader navigate some of the challenges? Like you mentioned offhand, so the idea that you provide energy to half a billion people on any day. Now, that's a very challenging environment, I would imagine, to don't bite the hand that feeds you, I imagine, is one of the line that comes through the business. Why would we play with something that's touching that many lives, the risk, the challenge, all of that? And as well, I can imagine 300 leaders of projects going, no, 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 mine's most important. You absolutely have to agree to keep my project moving forward. How did you actually get the buy-in from the business necessary to drive that change? Have you got any advice to leaders listening going, wow, I'd love to be able to do a project a fraction of that size. Um, what tips have you got for how to get buy-in for change? I have to be extremely honest uh, with you and um, with the people uh, listening to uh, this, uh, this conversation. It is extremely difficult to implement innovation, uh, to implement something new in, in big organizations. This is, I mean, probably it's obvious to, to, uh, to many, but uh, then when you need to go out and really do it, uh, then when, uh, when you really touch with your hand, you know, the, the complexity. At the beginning, at the very beginning, when NLX uh, was incorporated, when, when we started this all of this whole journey, the, the company or, or, or the group of people to tease within, uh, within, uh, within Big NL. Now, all our colleagues were, were looking at us and say, oh, poor thing. I mean, he, he used to be the, the CEO of NL Green Power. Or the other guy was used to be the head of that specific department. And now they are on, on, on this boat, which is probably going to sink in the next six months. And then six months passed by and, uh, you know, the comment was, well, at the first six months, they just needed to figure out, uh, it is a big group, but they just needed to figure out what, uh, 
what they got, uh, you know, another six months and they're going to sink. And then another six months and then another six months. And then, uh, I mean, uh, the, I think that the, the discipline that we put in what uh, um, we had to do, the focus that uh, we dedicated uh, to try to build a strategy, pursue it, uh, and, and, and try to, to benchmark ourselves, not internally, but externally, uh, trying to monitor as much as we could uh, uh, the progress of what we we're doing. Uh, brought this small company from, uh, you know, generating uh, 40 million of EBITDA at the very beginning to a company that is uh, four years later probably going to generate something around 10 times uh, uh, that value. Uh, and you don't see anything else, uh, um, anything like this uh, in, in our sector. So we're very proud of what we have done. But we're also very proud of the fact that uh, um, we played by uh, uh, the rules of value generation. Uh, it, w- it was not just experimentation. It was not just pilot projects. It was not just uh, about creating new things. It was, uh, you know, about trying to figure out uh, uh, how we could uh, implement, uh, again, a new value for the customer, mm-hmm. uh, starting from, as you said, uh, the fact that we serve uh, over half a billion people with electricity every day. The general complexity is in, is in making people believe uh, in what they're doing. And that's something that, that you can, uh, that, that's, that's probably not the, the, the most difficult piece uh, of, uh, of the equation. Uh, because, uh, I mean, at least at the very beginning, uh, the, the, the people who joined uh, NLX uh, voluntarily or involuntarily were extremely engaged. They really believe in the fact that uh, we could do uh, uh, new things. But then when, uh, when we started to shut down uh, different uh, projects, uh, uh, different uh, business models, different commercial propositions and so on, uh, within the group around the world, uh, you know, the, the mood changed uh, when uh, we had to work uh, you know, 12 or 16 hours a day to try to figure out how to close the month without losing too much money. Um, then in the case, uh, it was uh, it was desperation. Uh, when we had to go out uh, and talk to our customers and say, hey, look, I mean, we're not going to sell you energy anymore, but uh, from now on, we're going to be your financial service provider. And people were laughing at us. That was extremely discouraging. And one thing is when uh, you work in a startup and you know that all this is coming. Uh, one thing is when you're coming from a big group uh, and you're impacting with this kind of reality. And in the case, uh, as you can imagine, uh, the mood changed uh, and changed pretty fast. The other big thing was uh, financial discipline. I mean, uh, we, we knew that we, we were out there to, in a way, uh, change many things, try to create, again, uh, this is extremely important, generate new value for both our companies and the customers. Uh, but we also knew that uh, this value generation was uh, something that we needed to do fast. Uh, we couldn't wait for, you know, 10, 15 years of losses, uh, hoping that our business could somehow, some time make money. We're not going to be Uber. Uh, we're going to be, you know, uh, create something that makes some sense now, focus on it uh, and uh, make sure that uh, can generate the value for uh, the shareholders because we're a public company. So people are not going to be willing to wait for too long. Um, and uh, and that was 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 extremely uh, putting a lot of pressure to everyone, uh, as I said, uh, it was it, it, at the beginning, the, the whole concept was like, we are here to invent, create, change the world. But, you know, uh, nine months uh, down the road, we are here to make money, to generate value. And that was uh, that was tough. So I think that uh, uh, to 
to give you an answer, the uh, the problems uh, uh, that we had to solve was engagement uh, and maintain the engagement uh, high during time. Uh, we had a lot of up and downs. Uh, and then at the end, uh, um, when you start showing results, uh, you solve this problem because people are proud of what they've done. Uh, but it's very difficult when you have so many businesses. Some, are, some, some of them are going up, some of, uh, of them are going down. So to, to maintain the whole engagement uh, always on is, um, is, is, is the tough part. And the second thing was uh, financial discipline. We, we needed to make sure that uh, we didn't waste uh, because we, we had no opportunity to waste. We needed to make, as I said, some business run, run fast, try to be more efficient to then fund the rest. Uh, when we're talking about immobility, mobility is a business that uh, everywhere in the world today, uh, just look at the American market, uh, is losing tons of money because it's creating the future. Uh, but to create the future, that means big investments, big investments at the beginning. And um, we had no money to waste. We needed to make sure that uh, the other businesses were uh, helping to fund uh, the business of uh, uh, immobility. Um, so I, th I think that the mix of these different things was what uh, really made uh, our world uh, tough uh, at the beginning, but which, which is also uh, what is providing a lot of satisfaction today. I love that approach of sort of uh, building the plane while you're flying it and that Correct. combination of how you thought through that and, and that distinction that you made between value generation and doing new things and they are not the same thing. You know, creating new for the sake of creating new does not equal value generation. I think that's such an important discipline to keep in mind when we're innovating. You touched on speed and I wanted to talk to you about that because you mentioned energy transition earlier in your, your answers when you first joined, you know, NLX, everyone's talking about energy transition. We read the IPCC report recently and it's pretty dead damning state of affairs in terms of the picture it paints of the world. What's it going to take to accelerate energy transition? What are your sort of observations about um, that at a macro level globally? Well, it's a very good question, but it's a, also a question that deserves uh, a, a very complex uh, answer because it's, it's, uh, it's very broad. Uh, obviously, there is a legacy world. Uh, as I was fighting uh, uh, the legacy world within NL. Uh, trying to explain to my colleagues uh, that uh, my reason of existence uh, was to not destroy the old, but to try to figure out how to exploit more the old to create the new. In, uh, in the current energy world, uh, we have uh, uh, a lot of, uh, a big chunk of the industry, which also was the richest part of the industry uh, that is under attack. I mean, they, they know that uh, yeah, 20 years down the road uh, probably won't exist anymore. I'm talking about the oil and gas industry in general. And uh, it's a very rich industry, obviously, wants to survive more than 20 years, uh, hopefully uh, another 100 if they can. Uh, so they're investing uh, a lot of money to, to stay alive. Um, so that's, uh, that's obviously a, a force uh, that you have out there um, that... Uh, I mean, we need to be honest. Uh, it's, it's, it's slowing down the process uh, as much uh, as much as they can. It's a matter of survival. On the other side, I think that there is um, one big problem when we're talking about the energy transition. I mean, what are we exactly talking about? We're talking about a mix of different things. Energy transition is uh, an attempt of moving uh, of of um, drastically reducing the. Uh, gases that we emit every day uh, and that are substantially uh, generating a problem with uh, with the climate. 
As we know, we uh, emit a lot of CO2, not only, that is causing uh, um, uh, the, the climate effect. Uh, on the other side, uh, we also need to uh, understand that um, uh, that's not the only force that is pushing uh, towards a big change in our industry. The fact is that digitalization, just to give you an example, is, is strongly also impacting our world. And it's not just a matter of, uh, you know, moving uh, our systems uh, from our own service to the cloud. It's try to understand how a business like ours, which is extremely regulated, which is our force, by the way, can avoid to be disrupted by, just to give you an example, uh, the digital giants uh, that we see both in China and the United States and so on. So it's a mix of different things. Uh, we need to uh, educate people to try to understand uh, what, uh, what, the, what we're focusing on. So definitely one is uh, we need to uh, move faster with renewables. Uh, we need to fight climate change. Uh, the problem with climate change is that uh, uh, we don't know what the effect on our future is going to be. So it's very difficult to explain to people, hey, look, uh, the world is changing. We are, we are, we are, we are uh, creating a problem, but uh, we are not exactly sure what the effect of those, uh, the effects of that, uh, that problem are going to be. Um, so I think that's, that's the number one thing. Um, much more education uh, will help uh, to accelerate the transition towards uh, a CO2-free uh, energy world. Uh, but the other thing that we need to um, work on is, um, let me summarize with an expression, uh, which is a buzzword, but in reality is an important world uh, for every industry, which is customer experience. Utilities in general uh, are not customer-centric. Uh, as I said, we're a very regulated business. Uh, we are used to uh, have a very few contacts uh, with our customers. Uh, and usually customers don't want to have too many contacts uh, with us. They are ready to sign a contact at the very beginning. And then the only thing that they want to make sure is that the uh, lights goes on and off when they uh, need to. Definitely. Um, but, uh, I mean, there is no other reason for, for, for interaction other than, uh, you know, receiving a bill every month and then paying the bill. Um, and, uh, but, but, but that's a problem for our industry uh, because, uh, as I said, uh, uh, we need to move more and more towards uh, a way of uh, uh, engaging our customers that uh, puts uh, customer experience uh, in the game. Uh, we saw this with the uh, e-mobility. We, we focus, when we're talking about the e-mobility in NL, we obviously are much, mostly focused on uh, um, building uh, uh, charging infrastructure around the world. And um, uh, when we try, um, and, and, and the, the, the charging infrastructure is the hardware, and then uh, there are two pieces of the software. One is the backend, uh, which you use to um, control the hardware. And then there is a front end, which is the uh, way you uh, interface with, uh, with uh, your customer. And um, when I look at the, the way we are interfacing uh, ourselves with uh, our customers, I can honestly say that um, we kind of suck. Uh, the, um, it, it's extremely difficult for a company like ours to uh, uh, put together uh, a customer experience that is decent. We're learning, obviously. I mean, we have been dedicating a lot of uh, people, a lot of resources, a lot of money uh, into uh, this kind of change. But it takes, uh, takes a long time uh, because as a utility, we, we are not accustomed 
to uh, to deal so much uh, with the final customer. And that's a danger because if you are not uh, capable of doing that uh, yourself, uh, somebody who is much better than you in doing that uh, will uh, put himself in the middle. Uh, and so you were going to be, uh, you know, secluded uh, in, in generating, uh, uh, dealing with the commodity, which, by the way, again, is a commodity. So very difficult to differentiate. And somebody else is going to be in the middle uh, and probably getting the, the highest margins. So on, on one side, uh, uh, we need to educate more and more people, trying to explain that uh, we don't want to destroy uh, what we've built in the past 150 years. Uh, we want to make a change because... Uh, uh, the world uh, needs it, uh, but at the same time, we want to make the change trying to generate value for everyone, present and future generations. And I think that a lot of education is needed there. A lot of people don't understand what we're talking about. And on the other side, uh, um, when you're looking at utilities, we to accelerate the transition, we need to focus more and more on what the customer wants, uh, how we generate value for the customer. Uh, and uh, try to build a customer experience also in the way we interface just uh, just for selling energy uh, that needs to change. People uh, need to be to, to, to make sure that they really are going to support you in this journey. Uh, they need to be engaged and to engage them, uh, you need to provide value, uh, which is very often provided through a valid customer experience. Francesco, how does the future of energy conversation in your mind kind of intersect with the future of work, future of skills conversation? What are you finding, you know, building the future in your organisation? How has it changed the people that you're thinking about hiring or the skills that you think are important? So for those listening who are thinking about if I want to play a role in the future of energy, what are the things I've got to make sure I'm learning, I'm building my competency in, I'm really getting getting a good handle on because it's going to be future critical? Another very good question, because the world is changing so fast that um, uh, competences, uh, uh, the, the competences that we need now are not the same competences that we needed three years ago. Mm. And we need to understand that uh, what uh, we need now is also going to be different from what we're going to need uh, in five or ten years. And, and that's the biggest challenge when you're talking about the future of work is, uh, you know, what is going to be needed in 10 years? So if I'm a, a, a kid, uh, I'm 18 years old, I need to start college. Uh, what, what should I pick now thinking about what the future is going to look like? It's, it's not an easy question. Honestly speaking, I don't have an answer. Definitely the digital component uh, is going to be much, much higher much, much more important for every single industry, and especially in ours. I want to clarify something. When, when you're talking about energy, we need to understand that NLX is, uh, I would say, 50% related to the world of energy, and another 50% completely separated. I mean, as, as, as no real contact implication with that world, uh, other than the fact that uh, uh, you know those businesses are owned by a, a utility, and we very often, uh, but not always, uh, serve the same customers. Um, so, if we're looking at the, the traditional utility world, well, I mean, you're going to need uh, always the same kind of people. So, I mean, technicians, engineers, uh, people who really understand how to generate, distribute, uh, and sell uh, and sell energy. But uh, I think that uh, uh, I, I see energy a little bit like, uh, um, I see my world a little bit like the telecom world uh, 15, 20 years ago. 
Um, so uh, at the time, uh, you probably uh, remember, um, the, uh, the telecom world was uh, on a hype. Uh, everybody was looking at the telecom companies like uh, the, 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 the companies where the real value was, but they missed a great opportunity uh, to link their uh, capacity, their skill in moving uh, um, uh, data around uh, with uh, uh, content. They were not able to put content uh, in the data. And then uh, the big uh, digital giant uh, giants uh, came up and they substantially stole the big margins. And now uh, telling companies uh, very low margin, generating a commodity, uh, and the big digital giants are the ones really making the big bucks. Uh, I see our world uh, pretty much in the same way. I mean, uh, especially when you're talking about a regulated business that is more and more going towards uh, strong liberalization, where you see that renewables are pushing uh, margin, margins down, generally speaking, all over the world, um, then, I mean, we need to figure out uh, how to create the content uh, that uh, will go together with those electrons. And that's where uh, NLX uh, comes to play. I mean, our, our job is really to try to create the content, uh, which is obviously is not going to be movies, but different uh, services, uh, uh, different value creation for our customers based on uh, our, uh, our main skills. And in that case, I mean, if you want to do that, uh, uh, any, any, um, any skill is, uh, is going to be valid. We have a big structure uh, focused on uh, financial services. So as you can imagine, uh, you know, being able to um, uh, supply, build, uh, and work around uh, uh, financial services uh, doesn't need uh, a, a, an engineer, uh, a nuclear engineer. It's, uh, needs a completely different kind of skill. But the two things are extremely related. Let me give you an example. I mean, uh, 75 million customers around the world. Okay, 75 million meters, not customers. Now, 75 million uh, every month uh, a, a bill. Uh, so you have 75 million bills every month. That's enormous. Uh, multiplied by 10, 750. Uh, by 12, I mean, you're talking about 900 million bills every uh, year that needs to be uh, issued and then paid. So you just, you, you can imagine if I can take just uh, a chunk of that value and uh, um, pair it with my uh, um, financial service division. In that case, I mean, I can generate tons of value for the final customer, probably, because it's going to be much cheaper and much easier for him to pay the bill. At the same time, for the company, my shareholders, because at the point that I'll be the big bank uh, within the uh, utility world. And this needs completely different kind of skills. I mean, obviously, they're not the traditional uh, engineers working in energy. Uh, they're people thinking about how to link the world of the commodity together with the financial services and trying to generate that. I love that. And I wanted to ask you about, you touched on earlier your journey as an innovator and uh, your sort of observations around commentary in the business. Oh, poor Francesco, he's got to go and lead this this new innovation startup and they won't be around in six months. And this whole series is called Trailblazers because of people like you, people who have blazed a trail and are challenging people to say, not only is there a different way of doing things, but it's doable. We're here building the future and come on the journey with us. I wanted to ask you from a personal standpoint, how challenging has it been to be the one doing things differently? And are there any strategies you've got for people who feel a bit overwhelmed by the doubters, the naysayers, the haters in the process for how you've kind of stayed firm and strong and kept yourself energized so that you could lead the team and lead the enormous amount of work that you had on your plate? I, uh, I live with a 
of emotions like everybody else. So as you can imagine, there were a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Luckily, we uh, we had more ups than downs. And uh, so now we're still here and we are extremely, extremely motivated by the results that uh, we are bringing in uh, um, every month. What was important? Uh, obviously, um, I had to have a CEO who believed in what we were doing, uh, who had the patient, at least enough patient, uh, to uh, <laughs> um, give us the time to uh, <laughs> enough patient to give us the time to um, uh, to build something that was valuable. Believe in the fact that uh, uh, there was uh, the, the the possibility of. Uh, uh, creating, uh, generating more value for our shareholders, but again, also for our customers. So having a CEO with a vision, obviously not a clear vision. It, it couldn't, it couldn't, uh, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, you know, now you, you go there and visit the list of things that I want you to do in such a way that you can generate value. The, the, the vision was, I believe that uh, there is the opportunity here. I believe the transition is a complex world. And uh, around it, uh, we can we can generate value. I have no idea how to do it, but what I can do for you is provide you with the tools, uh, and you guys then uh, need to go out and figure it out. And this obviously uh, is extremely important. I mean, if you don't have a CEO, I mean, somebody who empower you again, shareholders or CEO in this case uh, that empower you um, and 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 give you the tools to do it, uh, it's going to be impossible. If uh, as I see in many companies, you know, they generate uh, a, a special purpose vehicle uh, to do a specific project uh, or they build a venture capital fund, uh, but they don't really believe in the fact that there is the opportunity of generating value. I mean, usually six months later, everything collapses uh, and, um, and things don't go well. Uh, so uh, having... A vision, having, having somebody understanding that uh, uh, there is value to capture and then allowing you to do it, uh, that was uh, uh, definitely number one, uh, um, the, the, one of the most important pieces uh, that then uh, helped us to uh, uh, solve the equation. The other thing that we, uh, we, uh, we, we leveraged on uh, was focus. The, the big risk when, when, when you innovate, when, when you try to do something different, when, when you try to build a business model, uh, is that uh, um, you change your mind every week uh, because you see that uh, you know, uh, it, it, things don't respond as fast, uh, um, as fast as you would like them to, to respond. There is, and especially when you do it in a big group, there is not that uh, um, entrepreneurship that you would find uh, out in the street. So the fact that we needed to focus, uh, and uh, yes, we build silos within NLX where people are very much focused on a special uh, business, on a specific business model, on a specific product, uh, that was extremely important. Yes, on the other side, uh, there is very often they complain, especially in my team, that there is not enough interaction uh, between the different silos uh, and that uh, um, we are not exploiting the the, uh, cross-selling opportunity. But in my opinion, we are so... Um, at the beginning of this journey, uh, that if you don't focus and you don't build a strong business uh, uh, at the foundations, uh, then the risk again is that uh, sooner or later it's going to collapse. So before thinking about cross-selling, let's let's make sure that uh, that that the specific product, the specific service, uh, is performed well and uh, is accepted by customers. 
And then, as I said at the, the very beginning, uh, uh, financial discipline. I mean, that's, that's another thing that um, we needed to have. Um, we, we needed to not believe in the fact that there was a big NL behind us providing funds for uh, every single idea, brilliant or stupid, that we had. Uh, we needed to make sure that uh, with the money that we were generating, uh, we, could, uh, we could survive. I think that, was, that has been a very, very important element of our success because uh, it, it made us think about creative ways of generating value within the company in the short term, making sure that we could develop what we believe needed to be developed. And then there is the last thing that comes to my mind, which is give freedom to the people of... Um, going against uh, the general, uh, uh, the general thinking, the general, uh, the general culture here. Um, so when uh, at the very beginning I talked about the, the um, digital health division, which is a small group of people, we're talking about you know probably 10, 15 guys um, who built a little business within uh, um, NLX, uh, uh, starting from something that uh, we already uh, had in place. So they transformed uh, a, a digital platform that was already in our portfolio in something that could be used, uh, especially during COVID, to support uh, uh, the uh, to support the emergency. And from uh, that little platform during the emergency, now uh, we see a lot of uh, potential value generation in the future. Nobody believed in it uh, at, the, at the beginning. Uh, um, everybody was saying, "But what is you know digital? What does digital health have to do? Has to do with uh, an energy company?" Well, I mean, what uh, do uh, financial services have to do with uh, a, an energy company? What are the many things that we do uh, that have to do with an energy company? Again, we need to remember that we, we are trying to combine content with electrons. So it's not important to, uh, to have a, a, a direct link. It's important to build the link during time. And um, so giving the opportunity of these guys to go out, experiment, uh, always uh, being conscious of the fact that they need to be financially um, disciplined, uh, uh, now is, is, is building a, 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 another new business within NLX, which I really honestly believe that in a couple of years is going to be extremely important to us. Very exciting. Now, Francesco, I'm so grateful for the time that you've spent with us and the, the transformation you've led is quite extraordinary. And I, I guess I want to finish with a question for those who are inspired by everything you've shared and are thinking about how they take the ideas of your disruption, your transformation at NLX and apply it to their world and context. What's one thing they can leave listening to our conversation and go do? What's a, what's a first step that you'd encourage people to go and take? I think that it, it very much depends on where they are. If uh, they are in a big, uh, uh, in a big utility, in a big group, in a big company, in a big corporation, what they need to do is to uh, um, try to put together uh, a, a small group of people and try to build a, a, a business model, not thinking about innovation as as something that needs to be disrupted, necessarily disruptive within their core business, but something that can really generate value at the beginning, even only for the final customer. And then eventually, because it always happens for the group that they work for. It's not going to be easy. They need to find internal support. But the, 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 the strong advice is that if they really believe in what they're doing, not to give up.
If we're talking about instead uh, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, um, I think that the, the, the most important uh, lesson that, that uh, I have learned here is that uh, to change the world, uh, uh, you need to have a very strong uh, discipline. And uh, the, the discipline uh, very often is uh, uh, confused by the people looking at you in uh, uh, blind belief in what you're doing. Uh, in reality, it's not being blind. Uh, it's, it's really trying to push forward things. Uh, and to push uh, things forward, uh, is you, you need to be assertive in many ways. So it's a completely different approach from a, a big group. In a big group, you need to create a team, convince the team of the value that, that, that they're doing, and then push things forward, trying to create value for the final customer. When you're outside, you need to be extremely assertive. You need to uh, um, make sure that you're very disciplined uh, and you need to make sure that people don't see you as uh, a, a blind believer. You need to make uh, um, sure that what you're doing at the end creates as much value as the group within the big uh, corporation. Because at the end, innovation is one thing. You need to generate, uh, as we said, the new value for the customer. Uh, you don't need to build the necessary new things. We are full of technology. There is tons of technology all over the world. Technology is not going to change uh, your life. The way you use the technology and the way you build content on that specific technology is really what is going to generate value for the final customer. And in the case, it's going to generate value for you. Sensational. What sage wisdom to end with there. Uh, Francesco, thank you so much for your time. Uh, NL and the NLX journey is a, an extraordinary inspiration uh, for anyone who's thinking about large-scale transformation, the possibility of making serious grounded progress in a considerably short period of time. So I want to thank you so much for the way that you've talked us through your journey and for the contribution you're making to leading the charge on new business models, on innovation, on just challenging what this space can look like in the future. And, and thank you for your time as part of the series today. Thank you very much. Thank you to all you Thanks to EY for partnering with us to amplify people following the path of most resistance. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and subscribe to the series. Are you a trailblazer or inspired by a trailblazer? Leave a comment, let us know, join the movement.